The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Uh, you've been hearing about it. Uh, we've been talking about it, that the uh, Alberta government looking to hire a contractor to study the benefits and costs of a proposed provincial police force that could replace the RCMP. Now, you'll remember the provincial government's fair deal panel recommended the creation of a provincial police force in June, saying the that was last June. But uh, yeah, it was when the fair, fair deal, deal panel uh, came out saying that the RCMP has become too bureaucratically inflexible and smaller communities aren't getting enough frontline officers. Now, according to Alberta Justice, a final decision on whether to replace the RCMP won't be made until after a final report based on the studies completed by April 30th, 2021. Now, we do know that transitions from RCMP to municipal services have or are happening in Canada. Take, for instance, Surrey, B.C. And 10 years ago in B.C., that province looked at creating its own police force. Cash Heed was the province's solicitor general at the time. Mr. Heed also served as chief of the West Vancouver Police Force. Mr. Heed, welcome to the show. Good morning, Jalen. Now, let's uh, take me back 10 years. What was it 10 years ago in B.C. that was driving the push to look at a provincial police service in in, uh, British Columbia? Some of the main factors is we wanted an accountable, effective, and efficient police service here in British Columbia. We did not want to have contracted services to an agency that's run out of Ottawa. We wanted to bring that back. We've got, we, we had complex crime issues. We continue to have complex crime issues such as what Alberta and other provinces are facing. I thought at that time, after advocating for police reforms now for over 20 years, it was time to have that discussion to make sure we have those contemporary models of policing serving the communities, whether you're a large metro center or you are a rural community elsewhere in British Columbia. And we started to look at some of the feasibility of moving in that direction. We looked at a model that would identify areas where a unified police service in a more dense area, such as the Okanagan, such as Metro Vancouver and the capital region on the island, would benefit from this type of service. So we could bring that, garnish economies of scale when, in fact, we transition to what is known as a new era of policing. <laughs> that was Cash, 10 years ago. Yeah, and, and that's it. And, I, and I'm wondering, though, I mean, if, if could, can you point to specifics that, that the reasons why people weren't necessarily happy with the RCMP then? I mean, you know, was it just um, they weren't getting, you know, communities weren't getting the service they needed? They didn't feel that um, that officers were invested in the community as maybe uh, a provincial police uh, force would have been? Like, can, Just a little bit more specifics on, on why. All of that, but more importantly, it appeared from some of the people that we talked to, some of the local governments that we talked to at that time, that they were not paying attention to what the community's needs are mm. now. Mandated yeah. by law, there are certain things police agencies have to do, but there are other areas where police agency can work with local stakeholders, can work with community, deliver that true model of community policing versus a model that was brought in in the 60s and 70s to police our communities. If you look at what's going on, in the discussion around policing, talking about divesting, uh, mm-hmm. policing, you know, police reforms, you can see that the paramilitary or militarized 
creek system is not working. It, it came in in the late 60s. It carried on. And there's some leadership within the organization, especially the RCMP, where, in fact, they want to hang on to that type of policing service. It's, it's going back to the Dragnet movie where only the facts, ma'am, that's all they care about <laughs> instead of dealing with community concerns, dealing with some of the conflict within the community. I want to talk a little bit more about police reform a little bit later on, but I'm, I'm curious to know, so why didn't this happen 10 years ago? What was it that, that, that jammed the brakes that it didn't go ahead? The largest roadblock was political will because mm. a pushback from the RCMP, which would have a significant change. If you go back to uh, the Constitution Act, the RCMP were meant always to be just a federal force. They contracted the provinces to do that provincial policing role, but it was supposed to be for a limited period of time and a temporary period of time. But what happened is, in fact, they kept on with that contracted services, except in Ontario, Quebec, and we have a hybrid system in Newfoundland Labrador, where, in fact, we've got a provincial agency working with the RCMP. It's time that the provinces actually come up and look at this. And this should be driven, Jaylen, by the federal government, but it's not. So the political will is not there. They get a significant amount of pushback from the federal force on changing the model. And I think Alberta is in a prime position right now to create a contemporary police model that delivers not only to the uh, larger areas, but to the specific rural communities in Alberta. And you've got the makings, you've got these pieces of puzzle, which are great pieces of puzzle, whether it's ACERT, ALERT, the special constables working uh, with mm-hmm. the police. You've got this. Now you need to just put that puzzle together. And I believe there is political will in your province to do that now. So that's why I find it appealing that they're doing this feasibility study, because a lot will come out of it. But you must be aware there's going to be roadblocks along the way. And the largest roadblock, the largest hurdle is the pushback from the politicians, the RCMP, and they will use the fact that it's going to be a costly endeavor. But if you you can find economies of scale, if you have a long-term plan, not just that short-term window. Yeah, Kashi joining me this afternoon, and you just touched on that one. That was going to be my next question, and it was, what about the cost? Um, we know that what Alberta pays, about $262 million a year for RCMP service. The feds pay about $112 million. Um, that, that's, a, that's a lot of cash to pick up, certainly at a time when things are, are, are tough here in this province. Jalen, we have to look at a different policing model. We have to look at bringing other people in to deliver our police services, not just the costly uh, police officer. When I was a chief of police for years, I called for increase in funding. Even when I was a superintendent in Vancouver, we called for increasing budgets. Police leaders are going to call for that increase in budgets. But before we do that, we have to determine what services these police models are going to be derived from from and how we actually deliver that service. We need to look broader. We don't need to operate in the silo that police operate here in North America. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, you're just, you, you've got that snow globe and you're shaking it all up there, <laughs> Mr. Heat, and you're scattering it all over the place. But again, these are things, when we talk about uh, changing um, uh, institutions that have been in place for a very, very long time, it's a difficult conversation and it pushes people out of their comfort zone. Yeah. And that is what this does, doesn't it? Absolutely. But we need to get pushed out of that comfort zone because we are not going to change unless we get out of that traditional paradigm, that that box. Unless we increase our thinking, increase what we want to do, bring in contemporary leaders, not only within the RCMB, but certainly within our other police agencies. You've got two large centers, Calgary and Edmonton. You've got a, 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 I I know the chief of Calgary, a very contemporary thinker. You start to expand on that knowledge and derive the benefit of that for the entire province of Alberta. And I think you've got the political will now to at least do the feasibility study and let's see if this is something we can look at over the next five to six years of implementing in the province. Cash Heat is the former BC Solicitor General, former Chief of the West Vancouver Police Service. Again, was you know at the front lines when BC considered doing this ten years ago. I think it's interesting, um, you know, Mr. Heat. You know, here in Alberta, the the provincial government has rolled out a, a rural crime plan. I mean, rural crime ha- has been one of their their top priorities since they came into to power. They seem quite proud of of what they've what they've put in place they seem to think it's going to do well do you think that we would even be talking about this if the liberals weren't in power in ontario because or in in uh, in ottawa because if trudeau wasn't in in uh, in power uh, that fair deal plan likely i would find it hard to believe would have even been uh, talked about it wouldn't have even been explored well you know, I, I, I agree with you, but I think more importantly, if the police services within our boundaries were delivering the expectations of the public, I don't think we'd be having this conversation mm. in identifying policing and the bureaucracies to re, rethink. Uh, but they're not, and we, we hear it over and over again, they're not delivering. So Alberta is uh, unique in their having this rural policing uh, plan in place uh mm-hmm. you know the uh, the urban centers have their policing plan in, in in place and i think you can have all of that as you look at a new policing model you, you're not going to throw away what you have you're going to build off that take what's worked and what continues to work to deal with crime and disorder in your communities and if it's not working try something else and then that's the whole thing about uh the way we have to look at it we cannot etch our police model in stone. We have to be very organic in this model as we go forward because society is changing to such a great extent, especially now we're facing this pandemic. Uh, We have to be very flexible in how we issue social justice and police our communities. From from your background and your history about what happened in BC, if if Alberta decided to move ahead with this, this is something that they wanted to do. How do you get out of underneath the RCMP model? Like, what does that look like? 
it looks like what uh, Ontario, for example, the closest uh, that Alberta can look at is uh, the way the OPP operates. What we were looking at here in British Columbia when I did some of the uh, financial numbers on that, we were looking at establishing a provincial police service which would replace the RCMP where we'd have this body that would look at some of the uh, the uh, tertiary type investigations, have that expertise in that particular model, but also deliver community policing to rural communities. So these rural communities could contract with the provincial police service uh, to deliver that policing model. And other independent uh, municipal agencies could actually contract with the BC provincial police service to deliver that. We have 11 independent municipal uh, police agencies operating in British Columbia. In Metro Vancouver, for example, you probably have 24, 25 different police uh, departments operating, many by the RCMP, but a significant number by independent municipal. It's the most balkanized system. You wonder how it could <laughs> operate with any efficiency whatsoever. Then what, what happens then to those RCMP officers if, if we decide to go with a provincial, an Alberta provincial uh, police service? What happens to those RCMP officers who are serving our communities right now? Well, let me tell you, a lot of them, and, and this is based on the experience we have right now in British Columbia with the Surrey Police Service being created, a lot of them will transition over to the new police yeah. services. But there's a real opportunity here for the RCMP with what is going on, and that's to redefine their mandate and deliver those federal responsibilities that affect each and every province, whether it's commercial crime, whether it's drug issue, whether it's border security, border integrity, all of those issues which are under the federal responsibility. So there are several vacancies there. I foresee some of that being uh, moved into the federal service. And I think the governments have to work together to do this because if uh, Trudeau in Ottawa truly wants to deliver an effective police service all across Canada, he would have the RCMP really... uh, focus on that federal mandate and let the provinces, which under the Constitution Act, they're responsible for policing within their boundaries, deal with those community policing issues and investigative issues within their provinces. I think that is how we deliver a comprehensive, uh, effective, accountable and efficient police service for all of Canada. But unfortunately, having spent four years in politics, our politicians (laughs) don't see it that way. And that that is the sad part about something that is so enshrined in what we need in all of uh, society. Well, Cash, I think we've we've seen over the past uh, number of years that, um, you know, that there's a lot of folks that, that want change, that change is needed, that there are people in the police service who are saying that we can do, we can we can police better, we can we can provide the services better. And and you're right, I think that there's an opportunity here to look um, look at that. My question is, is, you know, are, are the taxpayers in Alberta going to be willing to, to want to pay for it? Well, there's only one taxpayer here in Canada, and I keep reminding people there's only one taxpayer. And if you look at, you know, the multi, the hundreds and hundreds of millions that the RCMP, for example, have to uh, settle for some of the uh, the goings on within that organization, you realize it's coming from the taxpayers that are, you know, spread out across Canada, mind you. But we need to look at economies of scale. And, And what I found when we started to do some of the modeling 
If you look at this three to five years down the road, you start to garnish those economies of scale by working under a unified system. For example, uh, in Surrey, which is transitioning through, what I've been advocating for for them is to capitalize on some of the HR systems, some of the administrative systems, the payroll systems that are operating within that city right now under municipal government instead instead of creating your own systems under your police model. Model. And uh, we just can't get leaders thinking beyond that. So that's where you're going to start to, that's just one little example, but that's where you're going to start to garnish those economies of scale, where in fact, uh, in in our predictions when we did this 10 years ago, that uh, you would make up the money that's used for the initial year of transition or two years of transition, three to five years down the road. And you would, you would have a kind of a, a tiered policing system. And you have that somewhat in Alberta right now. Well, in fact, you don't need that $110,000, $115,000 a year officer responding to other areas where you could have special constables or bylaw enforcement officers or someone else dealing with those particular issues. So if, if you can open up your mind, if we can get these leaders and these pol- uh, political uh, people opening up their minds, the taxpayers will realize a saving because I, one thing I can tell you, every police leader is going to continue to ask for more money more money, more money as the years go forward. Mr. Heed, we're going to leave it there. Thank you for joining me this afternoon for your insight into this. I appreciate your time. My pleasure.